0: If you got your Bibles, be opening up to Hebrews two, and let's get the PowerPoint on the screen. Hallelujah! These ladies are going to continue to minister here up in this front row, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna break open the Word of God. We're gonna talk about the supremacy of Christ over angels. Jesus Christ, the supremacy of Christ over angels. Last week, if you'll go to the first slide, last week we. Uh, we began this book of Hebrews, and one thing we learned last week was in 2019, uh, we, we, we learned that there was a Barna study that went forth, and it was before COVID broke out, and they said, they asked the percentage of non-believers polled, would you go to church for any reason? And what they came back to their surprise was, was this statistic. 14% of people said, I won't go for a funeral, I won't go for a wedding, I won't go for any reason to church. And then you fast forward to 2020, right when COVID breaks out, and they polled those same or the same type of people, non-believers, and under COVID, they found out that 53 percent—it had jumped to 53 percent of people said they will not go to church now for any reason. 2020, they also did a poll against uh, a, for Christian believers, and they found out that in COVID that 20% of Christians said they were not going back to church uh, anymore. And then the 50% of millennial Christians polled said they would not be going back to church in the COVID era. And we asked, why is there such a huge exodus of people saying that we don't want to go to church? Go to the next slide. What we've come to discover is there's two terms that are going on in the pandemic, and it's this turning and trending. We're seeing people put under pressure today, and all the pressure is causing people to turn away from what once was. They're turning away from from what they once knew, like church, and they're trending towards something new, turning away from working in the office trending towards working at home and we're seeing now statistics are saying I'm not even going even if they say I got to go back in the office people are saying I'm not going back into the office I'll quit before they make me go into the office we have seen it cause this pandemic what's emerged is a turning and we've seen it going towards a trending one thing that has trended even more so is the is this right here is that we've seen a trending towards the revolution of uh, technology and so we, we We see that now that's going on. And so we've seen that kind of emerge in this time period uh, that's going on. Go to the next slide, if you would. So we looked last week at the first century church face their own pandemic we begin to say that that the writer of hebrews wrote something and we decided that they wrote uh, something to us because of this and uh, begin to write about uh, something that would help us that would make this let's pray real quick let's pray Uh, let's pray right now if you would uh, just for a few minutes god wants to pray And uh, let's pray for this. And Marcy, you might want to, uh, if y'all want to go into my office, you can too, if you want to in a minute and spend some time praying. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this service. And we praise you. We thank you, God, that you have all power in heaven and earth. We thank you, God, that you, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And Father, we just thank you that, God, there'll be no, uh, we pray, God, right now that you would minister right here on this front row. And God, we pray that you would just, God, put a peace, a sweet peace, God, a sweet peace that you would bring, God, into uh, the heart and life, God, of this uh, precious lady, God, that you would just bring a sweet peace, dear God, into her heart right now, God. We pray, God, that she would be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, God. We pray that she would be able to hear, God, your voice and the voice of your word. We pray, God, that, Lord, that that, uh, we would be able to hear your voice in this room today, God. Lord, I pray, God, that there be no distraction in this place right now. No distraction in our minds, God. Lord, I bind every distracting, hindering force in this place today. And I loose the Spirit of God into this place today, God. And I pray that we would hear the Word of God and be moved by the Word of God and be changed by the Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man and amen. So, so, so we said there, there. We we wanted last week to take ourselves, and we wanted to transpose ourselves back to, we, we can't know what the what what the writer of Hebrews was writing to, but what we do know that he was writing to, we do know that he was writing to people who uh, needed a, a, a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. He needed a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we don't know what they were going through, but we do know, uh, and we can't know their feeling. Like people won't know in history from time in forward, they won't know what we're feeling. They'll know we wore masks. They'll know we went through a period of time like we went through but they won't know exactly what we felt during this time. We can't know exactly what they were feeling when the writer of Hebrews wrote this book. We can read in history the time that was going on but it's hard to know exactly what they were feeling under that. For instance in 63 AD they're feeling heavy taxation from Rome and there's a revolt that's taking place. So we can't imagine the pressure that's going on now in that house. And for instance in 66 AD Joseph Cephas led a resistance army, and he expelled Romans from Jerusalem in 68 A.D. The, Nero was persecuting Christians. You didn't know, like in Afghanistan, where they say, "We've got your name, we've got your number, we're coming after you. We know you're Christians, we know you are American sympathizers. We got your address, so you just better worry. When you hear a knock on your door, you better open, because we're coming." And that's the what was taking place here in 68 A.D. They were taking Christians and putting them on on poles, and they were burning them in. Nero's courts. They were putting them and feeding them to the lions. So we can't imagine what those people were feeling. They were were literally literally feeling all kinds of pressure. And then in 70 AD, the temple in Jerusalem, we know, was destroyed by Titus. And so what was happening at this time, I say all that to tell you this, the reason we're going through the book of of Hebrews is because these Christians at this time were Jewish Christians and Jewish believers. And these Jewish believers at this time were departing and leaving Christianity. They were trending towards something new. They 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 were trending away from something and they were gravitating towards something new. They were leaving the faith and going back to Judaism, many of them. And God said, what can I do to combat this? I'm going to write I'm going to put a pen or a quill in the hand of the writer of the scribe and I'm going to write a book. And one thing about the book of Hebrews that we learn it's different from all of the books. The Gospels tell us about the life of Jesus. They tell us about when He was here on earth. We know that the book of Acts tells us about the early church starting. We know that. But then we come to a place where we, we have no other book like the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is a book that is nothing but the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is revealed revealing Christ to us and we're finding out that God is saying when there's this tendency, everybody pay attention to me, when there's this tendency to be led away from something, when there's this tendency to come away from Christianity or leave the faith like people are doing in that Barna study. Many people are walking away from Christianity. They're walking away from going to church. They're walking away from things that they've done for years upon years upon years. He realized what would stop and combat that is, is a revelation of Jesus Christ, and so that's why we're studying this book right now in uh, in detail. Is because I want you. What's making our hearts cold and move away are the circumstances that we're living in. We're consumed with the with the, with the fear. We're, I'm facing things right now. I'm, I'm facing decisions just this week. Challenges to my to, to things I believe. I'm 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 having to. Uh, there, there's some intense pressure coming down on me and some of uh, other people right now intense and I need your prayers where we're facing things we're facing things in our, in the, in the world of employment we're facing things that are coming down battles that are coming down and 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 so uh, we we just we're facing these things, and we need that. But for various reasons, these Jews were leaving uh, Judaism, and 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 they're going back uh, to or leaving Christianity, going back to Judaism. And so, what I want to focus on today. Go to the next slide. What I want to focus on today. Here's what we looked at last week before we move into today. Hebrews one tells us this. There were five things that we ended with that God said. Uh, that he said, these five things here will, uh, uh, will 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 keep you or ought to keep you from, from leaving. This is the very first thing he wrote to these believers. And he said, God, who at various times and in various ways spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he has made the world, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things, by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high on high hallelujah 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 here's what we're going to do I need a couple of ushers amen a couple of ushers give me one more Max come on Mars I'm going to let y'all Mars I'm, I'm going to let, these guys are going to help you uh, go to my office, and I'm going to uh, let you guys go in there and pray, okay? Because this is important, and we want to pray. We want to pray, and we want to spend some time in prayer. We want, we want, we want, we're going to spend some time in prayer, ladies. A couple of ladies that you feel led to go pray. Help her, guys. Come on, come on, come on. Help. You got this. I Hallelujah. I didn't need to sign help me. Yeah. We got you. We got you. We got you. If you got any more prayer warriors that feel led to go pray. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Pray, and folks online, pray. Let's pray one more time right now for, uh, for this young lady. Father, Lord, this started in the car this morning, God. And Lord, we know, uh, Father, you're at work. You're at work in this situation, and we know you're going you're gonna, to uh, move powerfully, God, in, in Diamond's life and just draw her closer to you and give her peace and give her comfort right now. And Father, I just pray that people will know that we're, we're, we're in a different day we're, we're, we're fighting real adversary now. And I pray people will recognize, God, that, that Christianity is not just religion. It's not child's play. And so, Father, uh, help us now. It's time to run after you. God, our sons and our daughters are being attacked. Uh, God, our, our, our young people's minds are being attacked. Dear Father, God, we, we are, we've, we've pushed God out and we're seeing hell come in. You, the nation that forgets God is turned into hell. And God, we are seeing demonic activity increase like never before in our sons and daughters. Violence fill our streets with blood. Lord, our, our, our politicians are so confused they can't even make rational decisions. Dear Father, we are, we, 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 we are in a cesspool of filth. God, our kids don't even know what gender they are anymore. Dear God, and we think this is normal. We think this is normal, God. We are living in perilous days. We are living in the last hours of time, God. It's not a day to be playing. It's not a day to be toiling around. It's not a day to be losing and leaving Christianity. And that's why this writer wrote this book. That's why he wrote this book, was to to encourage believers to stay. Stay with it. And the only way you can stay with it is by having a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ, by having a complete revelation Revelation of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray there be no more distraction in this place. I pray that, God, you would give people in my office in there, God, a fresh revelation of Christ. And you would give people in this room a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. And this ought to give us, God, an image and a picture of why we need to be fasting, why we need to be praying, why we need to be in the Word of God in this last hour, God, so that we will have what we need available, God, when we need it, God. And we thank you for that. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so I know I rambled through that <laughs> at the first, but let's get back down to business. God, who at various times and in various ways spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days uh, uh, spoken to us by a son whom he's appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds who being in the brightness of the glory of the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged his sins he sat down at the right hand of majesty go to the next slide, this is all recapping from last week so you haven't missed anything from today, basically here's what he told those, here, this is the first pen that's writing to people who are thinking about walking away from the Christian faith they're thinking about trending away because of the pressure of society, they're thinking about going to something else, they're, they're the, 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 the circumstances are making their heart grow cold and revival fires are burning out. And here's what the writer writes to them in the first few verses. He, he writes five things. This is why you shouldn't walk away because Christ is the inheritor of all things and we are joint heirs with him. Why are you going to walk away from the one who inherited everything? Heaven, earth, everything. Hell, he owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns your, your past, present, and future. You mean you're going to leave and walk away from that? You're going to walk away from that because there's some disruptions going on in the world because COVID's breaking out because uh, because you don't feel certain way? You're going to leave? No. Let me remind you about the revelation of Christ. He's the inheritor of all things. This will make your heart on fire again and burn. Christ made the universe. We are known by God. You personally are known by God, the writer says. Christ is the express image of God. We know God in Christ. In other words, if you want to know what God's like, look at Christ. This is why He showed up 2,000 years ago, so you could know what God is like and who God is. There would be no question. If you have the Father, if you have the Son, you have the Father. And, and so, uh, and Christ is the Word, or Christ's Word holds all things together. He holds all things together, like that person in that office. We're praying that He'll hold her mind together and hold all things together this morning for her. They're being held together by the Word of God. Christ, he also sat down at God's right hand, and we're seated with him. We're seated with him in heavenly places right now. And so, go to the next slide. That brings us to today. And what we see now, the four themes that we're going to look at in the book of Hebrews are this. This is something we see in this book the supremacy of Christ over angels, we immediately see throughout this book. The supremacy of Christ over Moses, the supremacy of Christ over the Aaronic priesthood, and the supremacy of Christ over the new covenant or, or, or the supremacy of the new covenant over the old covenant that's what we're going to really study out in this Is that's what we're going to look at and what we're going to see is that Christ is supreme that's what the writer is saying is going to keep your heart from drifting away keep your heart from moving away uh, from this salvation moving away from this Christianity moving from something even when the whole world's trending and, and moving towards something else. This is what's going to keep you. And this is what the writer was instructed to do by God. I'm going to give you a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. And we talked about how the two disciples, when they were disappointed, they were on the road to Emmaus, and now they've been promised the Messiah is going to come. He's going to rid us from Roman rule. That's what they're thinking. Now he's died and in the tomb, and they're walking away from Jerusalem. They're getting further away from the correct revelation of Jesus. They're leaving their first love and moving farther away and what does it say Jesus comes up beside them on the road they don't recognize him they're so downcast they can't even recognize him. it's like you being so down in the dumps man I have my job I don't know if they're going to fire me or not will, will, will the Lord to take care of you no he won't they move so far away from the road I don't know that he can come on I don't know how he's going to do it You've moved so far from the revelation of Christ. Just a few days ago, you were triumphantly with him thinking he's going to conquer everything. And now you're, you, you don't even trust him. You can't even, you can't even see it. And the Bible says, so what did he do? He went into the Scriptures as they walked to Emmaus, and he began to open the bread of life up to him, begin to open the Word up to him, and in everything he revealed himself. From Genesis to Revelation, through the prophets, through all this, he began to show them Christ. This is Christ, Christ, Christ. And then they, began, when, he, when he was taken away from them, they said, did not our hearts burn, Jacob, as we walked with him along the way? Their hearts, revival fire begin to come back through. They begin to have a fresh revelation of him and so we want that because I'm seeing it I'm seeing the waning in our hearts from circumstances people's jobs they're worried about are they going to have their jobs people's homes getting sold out from under them all sorts of things and we've got to have this revelation of Christ or we're going to we're going to be oh, what was the, oh at downcast and we're going to really begin to say well what's the use I might as well just not continue to go to church I might as well just not continue to read the Bible because what's the use anymore? I might as well not even pray and we just move further and further and further away and that's what the writer is trying to say I've got the answer and the antidote it's a revelation of Jesus that you need and that's why we're going through the book of Hebrews. And today we're going to look at there's four categories as I said we're going to cover. The supremacy of Christ over angels, the supremacy of Christ over Moses, supremacy of Christ over the Aaronic and Levitical priesthood, and the supremacy of the new covenant over the old covenant. And so today we're going to look at the topic of and I hope there's holy angels in this place today. I know the Lord's in this place and that's even better. But but today we're going to deal with Christ is the supreme uh, is has supremacy over over angels, and, and, and I can understand the others when I look at this, because I think, well, yeah, Moses, Israel almost, I mean, like, I think that's why even God had to hide the body of Moses, because, I mean, like, he is their man, I mean, he is the guy, Moses is, is the man that came to deliver Israel, and, and, and they put a, there's a lot of stock put into Moses, so I understand why the writer is writing to them, these Jewish believers, and saying, I got somebody better, i got somebody bigger than Moses. I've got somebody better than than the Aaronic priesthood. And we can understand that because, whoa, this man's amazing, John. This guy has the the holy breastplate on. This guy goes in and gets sanctified and cleaned up. And one man can go into the presence of God. One man. One man. Once a year. Ooh, the high priest. The priest, man. Ooh, what a guy. And so I can understand why he would come back and say, uh, Christ is supreme. He's a better high priest than the high priest. You have. I get that. I get why he's writing that. I get why he's writing about it's greater than the old covenant because they put so much stock in the old covenant, the old law. They, they, that was their salvation was through works and through the law and the and keeping uh, that. That was just everything. So I see why the writer begins to say, when I reveal Christ to you, I'm going to touch on these subjects. But the one that kind of floods me, floors me, is the first one because we personally here don't know a whole lot about angels, do we? But I'm going to tell you something. Why angels? Why Why does he talk about angels? But look at the first. Let's look at these chapters or verses of Scripture. The first two chapters are full of talking about angels. Look at what it says. Hebrews 1.4. Having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, for to which of the angels did he... Ever say, you are my son, and today I've begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Look at the next verse. Hebrews 1, 6. Look how many times he mentions the word angels. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers of flames of fire. Go to the next one. Hebrews 1.13, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Go to the next one. Hebrews 2. We're coming into the second chapter. And he says, For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. Verse 5, For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection. Section 2, angels. Now go to the next one. Hebrews 2, 7. He's still writing over and over and over about angels. Why angels? You have, not, you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hand. Verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death forever. Everyone And Hebrews two sixteen. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Praise God! I hope you're the seed of Abraham this morning. I hope you are people of faith in this room. And and and, and he 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 in, in chapters one and two, he references angels twelve times. Twelve times, he's telling us something. Why? Because angels had a very important and major role in the development of the nation of Israel, I mean they had a huge role in the development of uh, of Israel, and we're going to see this in just uh, in just a moment. There's two points uh, of why angels. Look at this. Uh, number one, why did he mention angels? Number one, because they're real and they are numerous, and number two, because they're active and they're powerful. And we're going to look at that. We're going to look at these two points. Number one, he mentions them because they're real and they're numerous. And number two, they're active and they are powerful. Angels are real and they're numerous. Listen, in the Old Testament, think about how many times you think, Put a number in your head about how many times angels are mentioned. 109 times angels are mentioned in the Old Testament. Guess how many times they're mentioned in the appear in the New Testament? 195 times angels are mentioned in the New Testament. That's a total of 273, Taylor, times that angels are mentioned through the Scripture in the Word of God. We don't see angels. We don't feel angels. We I mean, may we sing those songs. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. And maybe we have felt that from time. But in reality, we don't see them. We don't feel them. Uh, we, but, but, but some people may not even be sure here if they exist anymore. Did they cease? Did they go back to heaven when Jesus went back to heaven? Is that the, the last time we see angels? Or are angels here? Now? What's going on? And what is the answer to that? If you remember in 2 Kings 6.16 uh, and 17, if you remember, there's this battle going on in Elisha's there. And, and the Syrians are coming down and they have encamped round about them and there's a nervous guy there with them and they're afraid. Like some of you may be afraid of what you experienced and watching here this morning. But I'd like for for you to see what's here this morning and what's going on and how you hear quietness in that room right now because I want to tell you something. There's more with us than there are with them. And that's what he began to say. Open their eyes and let this young man see what I see. Let him see that on this mountain surrounding Surrounding this great Syrian army are multitudes of multitudes of angel armies. Let him see how powerful God is. And God has servants at His command. And there are servants of God here in this very place right now. Amen. And Elisha makes that great statement, there's more of them with us than against us. And he prays, open the young man's eyes that he might see. And he sees mountains of fiery chariots and he sees a host of angelic beings. Imagine what that did in that man's heart. Oh, man. Can you imagine the faith that would have been? Listen to what Psalm 68 says about angels in verse 17. It talks about a host of angels, which literally means thousands upon thousands of them. Daniel 7 and 10 talks about thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands of angels. That's how many angels there are thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousands of angels we're talking about bukus of angels revelation 20 in the chapter 20 or so uh ch- chapters of revelation 22 I think it is the bible there they reference daniel so much in those chapters over and over and over again and in revelation 5 11 and 12 it references that scripture ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands of angels. Somebody calculated that out one time and came up with over two million angels. I mean millions upon millions upon millions of angels. And one of these days we are going to stand before the throne of God and we're going to be with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation and with millions upon millions upon millions of angels. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. You remember what he said? Hey, you don't know what you're dealing with. I could call 12 legions of angels if I wanted to right now, and my father would be here at my beck and command. You know what a Roman legion was? 3,000 to 6,000 people. Jesus is saying, I could, I could call 36,000 to 72,000 angels right now, and it'd be over. But I choose not to because I've got to go to the cross. They, they, they're real. They're real. They're numerous, more numerous than you can even imagine. Uh, They're they're incredible. Uh, Listen, they're active and they're powerful. They're active and powerful right now in this world. Where do you think the first mention? Anybody got an idea where the first mention of angels is in the Bible? We studied it in covenant. How about Genesis? Genesis. How about right at the very beginning? What do we see? Adam and Eve sin. Adam and Eve have have, have have taken what they were not supposed to do. And because God will not allow them to die in that sinful state and eat again from the tree of life and remain that way forever, He protects them by putting them outside of the garden. And what does He do? He places cherubims right there with flaming sword. He puts them big cherubs to to, to, to uh, guard the way back at the east gate of the garden so they cannot get back inside that garden. So that's the first mention of angels in the Bible. Then we see angels with Moses at the at Mount Sinai with the receiving of the Ten Commandments, going back and forth with, the, with, with messages. And there on that mountain. We see uh, that, that. So the mentality of the Old Testament is they knew about angels. They appreciated angels. They revered them. Michael contended in Jude 1-9 with Satan. And he said, The Lord rebuke you when contending." over the body of Moses. We know that angels attended to Jesus in the New Testament. We know that Gabriel came to announce the birth of John, or came to Elizabeth to tell her about uh, becoming pregnant with John. And we know that Gabriel was a, a messenger there. We know that there were many angels and also came to a, uh, not only Elizabeth, but came to Mary. We know uh, the angels came to Joseph during that time to tell him and warn him in dreams. We know that angels were there at the birth of Jesus. Jesus singing multitudes upon multitudes breaking out in that shepherd's field that I've stood there and looked out over and and multitudes there singing glory to God in the highest and on pe- earth peace good to- will towards men they broke out in song uh, there on that at that place as those lowly shepherds the the poorest of the poor are standing there and get the first uh, announcement of the birth of Jesus and they're there with uh, there with these angels we know that angels were there ministering to Jesus at the temptation in the wilderness after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says, the angels came and ministered to him. We know that angels were at the resurrection when the the ladies come there who had rolled the stone away. The angels had rolled the stone away. Jesus doesn't need the stone rolled away. Jesus can walk right out of there. Jesus has resurrected and now they roll the stone away. They say, women, why? Why are you weeping. This Jesus this Jesus that you come to put spices on and to come to to, to care about and take care of the one you think's in the grave he's not here. He's alive. He is risen. Amen? And then we know that angels are at the ascension. Men of Galilee why why stand you gazing up into the heavens? The same Jesus who you've seen go into the heavens will come again in like manner as you've seen him go. We know that angels are there in the early church. When Peter is in prison and Peter's sleeping, and an angel comes and boom, get up, Peter, smokes him in the side. Get up. I'm getting you out of here. Chains fall off. He, he goes out. The city gate just opened. The doors just open of their own. And the angel leads him out. He runs home to, a, to, to, to the house where the disciples are, where they're gathered. Knocks on the door. A young lady named Rhoda runs. Oh, it's Peter. No, it's his spirit. No, she go back. It's him for real. And it is Peter because angels have led him out of prison. Uh, they directed Philip, the evangelist, in the book of Acts. Go here. Go there. Do this. Do that. And then we know they spoke to Cornelius. Cornelius, we know they spoke to Cornelius that that was praying and we see the first gentile there that, that that's giving alms and he's a faithful man a man of faith and all of a sudden we know an angel speaks to him and we know there's a dream going on with peter and they meet up and the holy spirit falls on gentile believers and they speak with other tongues and and, and, and we see the baptism of the holy spirit coming on all flesh and on all people and and we see angels involved in all of this, and we know that when he returns, that he's coming with angels and 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 with saints, and there are these they are active and they are powerful. Yet in this generation, we know so little, and they probably knew so little about them as well. But Matthew eighteen ten says this: Don't offend one of these little ones. Talking about Christians, don't offend a weak and young, uh, vulnerable Christian, because if you do, they're our family, and we better be careful, because he says, don't offend one of these little ones. It's And here's what he says they're angels. We always talk about, oh, I got a guardian angel. No, you got angels. You got angels. I mean, you got got more than one angel. You've got angels around you. And the Bible says that when you offend one of these little ones, their angels are always before the face of God. In other words, they're telling on you, you better watch out. It'll be worse that a millstone hung around your neck and cast into the sea than you offend one of God's little children. Come on, preach, because we sure like offending folks today. Well, his angels know it, and they tell God. They know, they know his children. And they, he knows who's, he's hearing about the people hurting these little ones in Afghanistan. He knows, he knows, he knows. His angels, their angels are always before him. They're always coming before His face. They're they're always doing that. Uh, So so they're they're many. They're numerous. Angels are active. They are powerful. Hebrews 13.2 says, it says, show hospitality because you never know you might be entertaining angels. There, there was a story, one of my favorite pastors, he was doing a marriage seminar years ago in New York City. And they went over to the Bronx to do it, but they were coming back to Manhattan where they were staying. And at this time, they got on the subway, and it was after. It was like at midnight. And he said that he, he was on the subway, and they started going. he noticed they just kept going forever and forever and ever. People were getting off. People were, nobody was getting on. They were getting off, getting off, getting off. And, and they were there. And he said all of a sudden he got to one stop, and this man got on. And he said, this man spoke with such authority. And this man said, I want you to get off at the next stop. He said, I want you to go across the platform. He said, There's five, wait five minutes. There's going to be a train that's coming in the other direction. That train will take you to Manhattan. They were, they were dumbfounded. They, I mean, just, they just thought, this guy just gets on and tells us this. He, he speaks with such authority. So what did they do? They did it. They just did the next stop. The train comes to a stop. They get off in one of the worst places. They're headed toward one of the worst t- places in, in New York at that time. They for sure get over on the other platform. They wait. Five, he said he looks back at that man on that train that stays on that train and they just give a nod. He said he gets there, waits five minutes. Sure enough, the train comes in five minutes takes him to safety in Manhattan he said I know that I know that I know that God sent an angel to us that night and I, I've heard my wife talk about being at sleeping at night and, and, and literally swerving off the road and somebody pulling her 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 her, her uh, steering wheel back on the road before she crashes. I know one night you remember this, Cole will remember this. You remember we were coming back on Christmas night. Christmas night we were coming back from my aunt Pat's down at the river. There's nothing coming back from Warrior River. It was late. There is nothing. Uh, we were coming home. Radiator. This little tea piece. I didn't even know on there. was on there. It crumbled. You could not get the tube. You could not get the pipes back together. We are stuck. We're there. I don't think we even had cell phones. I don't remember. or They don't work. I, I don't even know if that was a cell phone time. We were there and two men, these two men, they're the Christians show up out of nowhere. I've never seen these people before in my life. Pull up. They come out. They somehow finagle and fix that enough to get us home that night. Unbelievable. I'm not so sure we didn't entertain angels that night. They are numerous. They are powerful. They're active. They're, they're at work. They're good angels and there are bad angels. And we know a lot about the bad angels. I think we study more about the bad angels, like spiritual warfare, but we don't. That's only a third of the angels. Satan took a third. Lucifer took a third. He was an angel. And he took a third of the angels. But do you understand there's two thirds on the other side? Do you not know that there's two-thirds of angels out there that are powerful and active that are working on behalf of the saints, wanting your salvation? They're out there doing the work of the Lord. So we know there's there's a third of the angels that went bad. They're demonic demons. And that leaves two-thirds that are powerful and they are numerous. And the Bible says they are ministering spirits that are sent to the saints. They're sent for us to make sure we achieve our salvation. They're out here working for God as servants sent for us and that's what they're doing leaving heaven going doing the work coming to us and 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 we spend like I said a lot of time on Ephesians 612 we spend a lot of time learning about the third and, and they and, and and angels are powerful they're like armies when you study about what they are they have ranks listen when you study Ephesians 6 you find out that there are principalities principalities that what they are those are arch those are archangels that means chief ranking when you're dealing with a principality you You are dealing with with a hierarchy. You're dealing with a high up angel, the Bible says. When you're dealing with powers, you're dealing with delegated authority. They are delegated out under authority. And then you're dealing, when you're dealing with rulers, you're dealing with world rulers. Demonic activity over the nations. And you're seeing a lot of that go on in world rulers and in leaders today. And then when you deal with wickedness, wickedness, that's the majority of the demonic activity that is taking place on on the face of the earth. So in this whole chapter of Hebrews 1 and 2, there are contrasting angels. 12 times we're seeing angels contrasted to Jesus. Contrast angels to contrast Jesus. And what we come up with is he's got a more excellent name. Oh the name of Jesus. Oh the name of Jesus. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord contrast that name that sweet name of Jesus and the writer says you need a revelation of Jesus you need to worry about Jesus he is higher than any other name on the face of the earth if you could just see him if you can just get a revelation of him so writer of Hebrews I want you to remind these Christians who are struggling and moving away and getting cold in their heart show them the supremacy of Jesus he is awesome amen so let's look at the other names Lucifer He's an angel, fallen angel, Satan, the devil now. What does his name mean? Lucifer meant son of the morning. That's a good name. It's a really good name, actually. Son of the morning. That's what he originally was called. Son of the morning. High up name. Read in Ezekiel and Isaiah. I mean, right up to the throne. The guy is beautiful. I mean, he he is absolutely gorgeous. He is high in power. He is the hierarchy of the hierarchy, and he is next to the throne of God. I mean, this guy is there. His name is Lucifer. His name is Son of the Morning. That's a good name. Michael. Michael is the name of one of the angels we read about in Scripture, and it means who is like God. I mean, what a name. What a name to have for Michael. Who is like God? You know, contending, uh, they're wrestling this one, this Michael, who is like God. Gabriel, what a name. Gabriel, where's Gabriel? Gabriel, what a name for Gabriel. It means literally uh, the mighty one. You didn't know he was a mighty one. The mighty one, what a name. And he reveals information about God. He kept coming and revealing to Mary, revealing to Joseph, revealing to them about God. Then there are the cherubs and the cherubim who are symbols of grace and mercy. And then there are the seraphim and they are ministering angels and symbols of worship and holiness holy, holy, holy Holy with six wings they did fly, and they cut co- with two they covered this, and they covered that, and they cried, holy, 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 is the Lord who is and who was and who is to come, and the doorpost shook, and and men they're just in awe and reverence of God, the one whose name. But all those names are great, but there's no name like Jesus. For his name shall be called Jesus. For he shall, his name shall be called Jehovah Saves. For he shall save his people from their sins. Amen? Amen? And so we pray in the name of Jesus. When you pray, he said, pray like this and your prayer will be answered. Pray in my name to the Father. He didn't say pray in Gabriel's name. He didn't say pray in Michael's name. That's a good name, but that ain't the name of Jesus. He said when you pray, pray in Jesus' name. Pray in my name and the Father will hear you and the Father will answer you. He didn't say every knee will bow when we get to heaven and we see uh, Michael, the archangel. He didn't say uh, bow down before him. In fact, when people started to try to bow before angels, they, they they begin to say, hey, get up, get up. Don't bow to me. Don't bow to me. We were going to Bow to the name and bow our knee. The Bible says every knee will bow. Friend, you don't know Jesus out there and you don't even like Jesus? Your knee will bow to Him and your tongue will confess one day that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He didn't say when two or three angels are gathered, I'll be there. He said when two or three of you are gathered in my name, I'm there. I'm in your midst. He said confess My name with your mouth and believe in your heart and you will be saved. So this name that we have, he has a more excellent name. Not only that too, and I'm getting ready to close. He has a more excellent position. Angels serve him. Hey, be impressed by an angel. But listen, they were created. They serve him. He's the one seated at the right hand of the Father. He sends them out, and they come back to Him. He moves them in and out, and they go and do what He says. The angels, seat; or they serve Him. He's seated at the right hand of God. And then it tells us that He has a more excellent relationship. Listen, we can't even feel them. We don't even know angels. But you know what He says in Hebrews 2.11? He is not ashamed to call you brethren. Come on, this God is not ashamed to call you brother or sister. The angels didn't do that for you. God Almighty, He is not afraid. Everything I've gained from my Father, I'm now giving you access. The writer of Hebrews says, we want all of those heading back to Judaism to understand the angels won't save you. We want all of you headed back to Judaism that are going back to angels and uh, and going back to the law of Moses. We want you to understand in the days ahead, you're going to understand, Moses won't save you. We want you to understand that the old covenant and the works of the law are not going to save you? Why are you going back to a dead religion? Why are you going back to Judaism? Stay! And then he comes down to this word. How shall you escape if you neglect this? How shall you escape? If you want to walk away, you want to walk away from church? You want to walk away from Jesus and your heart to go, grow cold? Where are you, how, how are you going how, how, how to be saved? How should, you, how should you escape what's coming? And listen, they didn't know, but in just a few years, Titus was going to bludgeon and kill Jews and ransack the city of Israel. How are you going to escape that, he's saying? And I got news for you. There's a worse judgment than that coming on the whole world. It's called the tribulation and the great tribulation. How are you going to escape that? How are you going to escape that if you neglect this salvation? You gonna do it on your own? you gonna go with some, you're gonna go with Buddha? You're gonna go with Muhammad? You're gonna go with a false gospel? False teaching? How are you gonna escape? You're gonna go with New Ageism? You're gonna go on your own merit? How should you escape if you neglect the supremacy of Christ? And that's what he's telling. And here's what he's saying: it's gotta be more than just a, a, a mental ascent. Look at the next one. Or, or That's what he said. How will you come through difficulties of life if you neglect this kind of salvation? And he's saying this, lastly, in closing We've got to believe it. Not only are you just coming down and shake the pastor's hand one time, like, well, I believe Christ died, buried, and rose for the earth. Good, even demons believe that. And they tremble. Even, even devils believe it and tremble. So, so what? I just was reading in a book this morning about. Uh, about under communism, my, our old friend Peter Degalescu, who's gone to be with the Lord, I was reading it in Sunday school, and I was reading about how he he got a he got a ticket out to go to to a seminary in the West to learn about God. Well, that de- that denomination was so desperate to 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 appease the communist that, that that they had a le- they 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 took they agreed to put him in a liberal class, and he went into a class where and he begged to go in the other class. And they wouldn't let him because they were afraid they would lose their, their grip with the Communist Party and being able to go into that nation. So they compromised. And they got a professor in there in the West in Christianity that is sitting there saying, I don't know if Jesus' resurrection is real, if he really resurrected. Deception. How are you going to escape if you don't believe this? And, and, and so that's what he's saying. He's saying, How are we going to. So, so, so you got to believe it. And you got to embrace it. And then you got to proclaim it. you got to tell it. God wants us to tell it. He wants us to tell about this great salvation. Angels are, 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 are wonderful. But Jesus. Jesus is King. And Jesus is Lord. And He is God. And, 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 he, and, and, and the universe benefits from these helpers. But there's none like Jesus. There's none like Jesus. And so, Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this service. We thank you, God, that it's been not just another day at church. But, God, there's, there's work going on even now. God, there's work in your name being done even now, God. And we know that, Lord, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And Father, we just, I just pray that somehow, God, somehow, even through confusion and distraction at the beginning, God, that somehow, that, 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 that we in this room, God, will walk away, Lord, knowing how important this book of Hebrews is how important the supremacy of Christ is, how important it is to know and, and that the thing that's going to keep our hearts burning and the things that's going to keep us close to you, God, is the revelation of Christ. And so, Lord, as we embark on this book, as we see this, help us, to, help us not to walk away from this, God, in the coming days, but help us to see Christ. Help us to see Christ in all of His glory. Help us to fall in love with Christ. Help us to revere Christ. He's greater than angels. He's greater than angels. He is powerful. He, there's no one more powerful than him. He, 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 will, he, is, he is reclaiming the kingdom that we gave and forfeited, and he is handing it back to the Father. And Lord, we're thankful for that. We're thankful, God, that, that, that uh, he, is, he is victorious, and we are crown him with many crowns, and he is the Lord of glory. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the I am that I am. And Father, if there's one who have not bowed their knee to him on this side of eternity, may they bow their knee to you, Lord Jesus, now. If we we confess you with our mouth that you are Lord, and we believe in our hearts that you died and you were buried and you rose from the dead, God, we will be saved. And so, Father, if there's one today who could acknowledge that, Lord that they're a sinner, and they're in need of a Savior this morning. And God, that they want to receive you into their life. then Lord, let them do that even now as we speak. And Father, we just praise you. We pray for Niku. We pray that you would heal his body. We pray that you would bless him. We pray for Dale. Thank you for him being here. Lord, a very sick man being here. God, Even for the time, he wants to be in church, God. The other day he called me and wanted to do communion. We went over and did communion, God. Lord, I love his faith. I love the fact that he wants to be with you and your people. And Lord, thank God, touch his body, heal him, raise him up, Lord, in Jesus' name. And touch this young lady, Diamond, God. Lord, God, touch her body, touch her mind, touch her emotions, God. Touch her, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, help her today, Lord. Touch her by the in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.